are Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators podcast. Justin Bradford, Matt Bass coming at you. Big congratulations to Blake Sulcer, the winner of their first giveaway. And we're going to introduce our next giveaway later on in this episode. So stay tuned. It is going to be a short one, I promise. So you're not going to have to listen to 45 minutes of Matt and I talk about food and Marvel. We usually say short one and then the timestamp says like 52 minutes. No, it won't. It won't. It won't. It won't. I promise. We This is a mailbag episode. Before we get to our mailbag, I wanted to bring this up, Matt, because this is something that is totally applicable to the National Predators coming up right now, which is a tweet that came out because the Board of Governors are meeting. Chris Johnson was able to leak this. The NHL is proposing changes to the draft lottery that would see teams limited to no more than two lottery wins in a five-year period. Edmonton. Teams <laughs> only allowed to jump 10 spots of the lottery win and a reduction in the number of picks decided by a lottery from three to two. So something that really could affect the Predators going forward if they're going full rebuild, that there's only a time they could win two lotteries <laughs> in that time, which, I mean, you'd, you'd hope you'd, you'd at least do well in one of those, right? And yeah, these are jump. these are so minor to me that it's like it's the Edmonton rule. It's, yeah, they could just go ahead and push it, and I honestly wouldn't bat an eye. Yeah, it's it's funny the responses to that tweet are Edmonton fans feeling called out right now. <laughs> Pretty much, like you said, it is the Edmonton rule. It absolutely is. Well, well, there's that. That's just some of the news that came out, and obviously, there's still roster moves that are happening every day with the Nashville Predators. They did not skate today. They will skate obviously going forward because they have plenty of games this upcoming week. And we've discussed that plenty. So let's go ahead and get right to our questions. Heck yeah. This one comes from Kyle Perkins, one of our friends here, a friend of the show. Who? Oh, don't do not do that. <laughs> he, he will meme you. He'll meme I, the crap I, I out of you. I sent out a picture of alleged Remy from Ratatouille today, so I can't wait to see my face on that. Oh, boy. Uh, his question is, could Tolvanen make a legitimate, legitimate push for the Calder, given that he's put on a better line? That's uh, The short answer is no. The long answer is no, because Kaprasov. <laughs> like these are the only kind of logical explanations are there. I also think Timmy Stutzla is another guy that would be in consideration before Tolvanen. Tolvanen would have to produce at a point per game pretty much to overtake these guys. And the power play goals are nice and flashy but you need to do more than school. I mean, Pia Suter is also in the conversation as well. There's a lot of players that are in this Calder race, but right now this is Kaprasov's to lose. Um, it's not to say that Tolvanen couldn't make a run for it. I could see Tolvi finishing top four in voting. Top five could happen. Um, I just don't see him running away with it and overtaking Kaprasov. Kaprasov, and people are going to be mad that Kaprasov is likely going to win Rookie of the Year because he's an older guy. He's already played with a bunch of big dudes in the KHL. Like, he's a seasoned player. So him hopping over, the biggest thing was, could his Russian game translate over from the KHL to that in the NHL? And it certainly has. That kid is so much fun to watch. If you haven't watched Kaprasov play, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice as a hockey fan. I, that He's one of the most dynamic players. He's going to be so good in the future. Let's look at this in terms of points. Kaprasov is at 19 points at number one in terms of rookie scoring in the league right now. Ellie Tolvanen is tied for 12th with five other players at seven points right now. Granted, Tolvanen has only played in 16 games, whereas pretty much every other player above him except for 
Jason Robertson with Dallas has played less. So Tolvanen doing doing pretty pretty well with more, with less games played. But yeah, it's it's going to be one of those things that maybe people tease out that he's getting in conversation. He's going to you know okay. Let me let me rephrase. Potential to make the all rookie team. I think is absolutely there for this. Yeah, season. he could he could make that. He, um, he, he could make that. But it's just it's to overcome what's already above him. Is going to be very, very difficult to do. You'd have to go, like you said, on a point per game pace, and it's just going to be really difficult for him to do. If anything, he's just going to get noticed more because he's going to climb the ranks a little bit and he's going to get talked about. But he's not going to—he's not going to win the Calder. No, it's I mean, mathematically a lot of, almost impossible. <laughs> a lot of betting books don't even have him on the page. There's a lot of players there, like Lankin, and if he continues, if the Blackhawks sneak into a playoff spot, Lankin wins. For okay. like that's that's if you believe that the Blackhawks will make the playoffs, go put your money on Lankin to win Calder because they don't do it without him. If the Wild miss the playoffs, Kaprasov, it's his to just have. Uh, I'm trying to find updated odds to see where um, our guy is. All right, phone. Ding, Let's not ding, do that. Ding. I have an iPhone. Surprise! If you have an Android, you suck. Um, Excuse me. You have an Android, don't you? Yeah. What? The- what, what the hell's wrong with you? Why are you just calling out so many people right there? Because Apple's better. Um, wow, I'm going to make a lot of enemies on this podcast. But I, I found a page. and it's a phone. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? I'm fired up today. Why? Uh, why, are you just, why, why do you want to go and attack Android users? I mean, I have Apple products, almost everything for my is, phone. This is like an ongoing thing. It's always Apple versus Android. Find me one person. You're no. making it be Apple versus no, Android. No, right no you're one or the other. There's no middle ground. There is a middle ground because my computer is no, Apple. No, 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 phones, just phones, just, just phones. phones. Okay, yeah, okay, sure, there's no middle ground, but I'm like, I like Apple products. I just don't like the Apple phone as much. I prefer my Android, but I'm not going to, you know, trash on it like you are. <laughs> and Jeez. this is how we find these 50-minute episodes. What kind Here of complex do you odds. have? What kind of complex do you An have? An asshole complex. Well, you said it. Okay, go with the odds. Caprasoff uh, is first at minus 200, then Lankinen at plus 500, Ty Smith in New Jersey plus 700, uh, Timmy Stutz plus 800, Hoaglander in Vancouver plus 1000, uh, Lafreniere plus 1500. Dear God, I've got to work with you. I love saying his name the French incorrect way, and nothing will stop me. Uh, Pia Suter plus 1500. There's a couple guys on here that I do like. Uh, Suter at 1500 is interesting. Lankinen at plus 500 is also interesting. Uh, I got in on Kaprasov preseason at plus money, not minus 200. It's not really worth it to bet on him there. With rookie of the year, I like to go for long shots. And uh, Lankinen at plus 500 is technically a long shot, so I'll take that there. Trevor Zegras at plus 3000 is very, very interesting to me because he has one point. But I just, I can't even consider pulling the trigger on it. It's just interesting. All right. Well, while you go bleach your butt, uh, let's get Whoa, to John why? Jensen's question. You got to get rid of that 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 a-hole complex. Oh, oh I, I had a shower thought today. When I say a-hole, do you have to, uh, well, that's weird. Uh, do you have to beep it out? I haven't been. Okay, good. Just making sure. Because I like, oh, this is bad. I don't re-listen our podcast because I don't like hearing my own voice. Well, I never have. I don't like watching my own out videos. There don't like rehearing your voice either. Okay, dickhead. Read the question. <laughs> okay, this is a quick one. This is from John Jensen. Who has a better TikTok, Justin B. Bradford or Jim Chandler 107.5? Well, you want to make your case first? Well, yeah, because I've had a couple of viral videos and I like the, the nerd part. I love Jim. Jimmy's been on my hockey team before, but I think I have the better TikTok right now. So I went and looked 
at Jim's videos on TikTok. I think they're great. They I think are. It's good. I think it's good content. But because I know you, and I went into this looking at this question saying I was going to side with you, but I really should just be Team Jim right now. Um, I enjoy your content. I always have. It, you just make fun, good, nerdy content. You hit all the right things for me as like a viewer. So you entertain the hell out of me. I Thank hate you. that I'm complimenting you right now. But uh, Jim has a better TikTok. Suck it. <laughs> yeah, we all know that's a lie right now. Coming yeah, out of you face. have the better TikTok. I know. <laughs> but I love Jimmy. I, lo- I love Jimmy. Oh, yeah, we're not slagging on Jim. He's got great content. Go follow him on TikTok. Yeah, go follow him on TikTok. Jim Chandler 1075. Okay, up next, we have more questions. Uh, We're going to talk about pizza because that question came in. I'm so fired up for that question. We're going to do it, but we're saving that to the last second. We still have to announce our next giveaway, and we have a question about Victor Arvidsson, Ryan Ellis, and another one about David Poyle. That's all up next. Locked in front of his podcast. I'm Justin Bradford. He's Matt Best. Folks, if you need new parts for your car, you can head over to rockauto.com. Unfortunately, you can't get new parts for your co-host. They're just built with being a nice person. I remember this is a sponsored ad read, and I can't be totally mean here. But rockauto.com has a bunch of things for you for your vehicle. If you're looking to upgrade, if you're looking to spruce things up, looking to fix some stuff, you just head over there, and you hope that your co-host doesn't shine a black light in your eyes. Shine that around your bedroom. Uh, rockauto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specs, and prices you prefer. They have the best prices. You don't have to go to your dealer anymore no craigslist no kijiji no facebook marketplace none of that it's all online all you need to do is go to rockauto.com and when you pick out your parts right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you again that's rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices welcome back to the lockdown predators podcast justin bradford matt best you, you good there bud yeah, I was about to have some protein shake before you. Uh, oh, look I at you. I'm so I proud didn't think of you were going to cut into I, me. I, I did have a built bar for breakfast and a mm. built boost drink with breakfast. So that was that was nice. It's a nice compliment of things. <laughs> the only thing Jeez. about this protein shake is I'm mildly allergic to dairy, so I need organic protein. And it's hella chalky. And uh, maybe you should use like almond milk as a base or I use water. Like milk. I put water in it. And it's, Why don't you try almond or oat milk? I don't like milk, like to begin with. But it's it's it tastes different than other than, than it. It's I've, I mean, I've had I've had almond milk and oat milk before. Okay. I just don't care. I just throw a ton of fresh like fruits into okay. my smoothie and try and just make it a shake kind and of. It makes you choke while you're trying to drink on air. Okay, Daniel Simpkins asks. I'm gonna hold it in. All right. Tolvanen and Pitlick have looked pretty good in their call of duty. Who do you credit more for that, Carl Taylor or John Hines? Uh, Carl Taylor. I was going to say the cop out answer is both. No. No. Well, how could Rem, how could Rem Pitlick look better because of John Hines? Because Hines put him in a position to succeed in his first game. Yes, but the player has to do a lot too. No, one hundred percent. Like okay, he deserves okay, the wait, call. Hold up. on. Uh, let me let me backtrack. What percentage? I would put eighty five percent Carl Taylor, fifteen percent John Hines. Uh, for Tolvanen, I'd go. It's different. I think each one gets a different grade. For Pitlick, I'd agree with you completely. Okay, that's fair. Uh, for Tolvanen, I would go 65-25. 65 Hines. And then the rest 65 on 65 Hines? Yeah, because he's 
it's so hard to say that because he's now putting him in places to succeed in the NHL. Up, 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 up. Are we going to have a disagreement? We are absolutely going to have a disagreement okay. right now. Carl Taylor did what Barry Trotz did with Alex Ovechkin and taught him how to be a little more responsible. Okay. That, that little adjustment did everything and helped lead the Washington Capitals to a Stanley Cup. Carl Taylor's done the same thing with Ellie Tolvanen, who came over and was completely irresponsible defensively, didn't back check whatsoever, was offense, 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 to the point where Ellie Tolvanen's even said this before, that when he came over, he was just all focused on offense, which was fair. It was, it was totally fair. That's what they relied upon him for over in Europe in the KHL and when playing for team Finland and everything like that, when you come to the NHL, you come to play in the big leagues, you've got to play a little more responsible. You got to play defense. You have to back check. If you're responsible in your own zone positionally, Carl Taylor has worked with him on that and has been something that he's addressed multiple times. And Carl Taylor has learned how to communicate with prospects. So, so very well that I credit so much of the development to Ellie Tolvanen to Carl Taylor because of the way he was able to change the way Ellie Tolvanen played and even said before last season, I believe it was, yeah, Tolvanen was starting to get up and going in the winter, even though he had a slow start, but it's because he was trying to adapt and evolve his game. That's why Tolvanen had such a slow start last season, but then he picked it up in January, and unfortunately the season didn't progress, but he picked it up in January, and we're seeing the fruits of that labor happen right now. And part of it, too, is the NHL coach having to keep it going. Yeah, but not, of- not more than 50% worth. I think it's that's why I said the cop out answer is both. Yeah, but you said 65% job. Yeah, because I think it's incredibly impressive that an NHL coach is able to keep this young kid playing the way he was instead of going, all right, you're in my system now. We got to change the way you play because you can't even fret that 100% happens. Players right, but you're also talking about play. the John Hines that scratched him a healthy scratch in a back to back because he said he might get tired. Yeah, okay, I'm going to let that one go because we're a few weeks away from that even happening to the point where he's made more smart decisions about Tolvanen than dumb ones, even though he almost pulled the trigger putting him, like, on the fourth line, which would have given this a 0-100 rating. Okay. But, like, I I love your argument, but then that door opens up to so every player in juniors that becomes a star in the NHL thanks their junior coach. Like is the biggest influence because Connor McDavid was a pure goal scorer in the first year. And then how far are you removed from that? Ellie Tolvanen is less than a season removed from playing in the AHL. Okay, let's say two years down the road now, and Hines is still the coach, and Tolvanen produces that on an 82 game game schedule. Then it shifts. It's on a slider scale. I just think it's impressive that he's maintained how he's doing because Hines has been able to adapt his game plan to how Tolvanen is now going to be an NHL player. Like he didn't take the bonehead move and take him off the power play. He might've put him down the lines, but down on the third line, but he's still getting that ice time. Like he's still being able, I I don't know. I I think it says a lot that he's still able to produce at the NHL. Well, right now. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens as the season progresses, but I I can't give John 65% of the credit for Tolvanen doing things right now. It's immediately before of what worked with him. I, I don't know. I think you're not giving Heinz enough credit. I'm giving Heinz p- enough credit with, I say, 60 40. If I give Heinz 40% of the credit, that's giving him just enough because we we're haven't off, seen okay, the whole season. On. We're off by 25% and they were this mad. It's not like I said, I put him barely above 50%. You put him 15% above 50%. That's barely anything. Yeah, but that makes a big difference in things. I just think it's more <laughs> impressive that he continues to produce at the NHL. 
yeah. like there's continued like it's say, not like slide. it's not like he's streaky where it's so far he's obviously going to dip <laughs> and he's all like that's 100 percent going to happen he's a young player in the nhl and he's not like a superstar or anything yet i can't believe i said that um but it, uh-huh. like i have beaten a dead horse here it's impressive that heinz has put him in positions to succeed after his major flub of yeah we're gonna sit you now well and okay then, i'll put it in the slider scale if Ellie Tolvanen finishes his rookie season, which this will be his complete rookie season, in the top five in rookie scoring, then I'll give John Hines 75% of the credit. Cool. I'm down for that. It's a slider scale. Like the more you remove from it, is what I'm trying to say. I think I am just at that point now a little quicker than you are. You know what I mean? Like, because I, I do think that he is going to finish top five in scoring for rookies. I think he will. At least not even top five, but points per game. Okay, I that's, think that's even a better more fair. barometer. I top think that's five a better points barometer. per game. There we go, because he did miss a lot early in the season. So top five points per game. I'll shift that because that is there very fair. Yeah, I go. think we just had to figure it out that I I believe yeah. he's going to do that. So okay. I give most of the credit to Heinz. That's there fair. we go. Look, that's a fair. friendly disagreement. <laughs> Doesn't happen much. So yeah, it happens more often than you think, Reese's. Uh here we go. Oh. Brad Johnson. RV and Ellis are good players. Many people say that it's a speed league. That's a true statement for the regular season. Postseason refs swallow the whistles. Would you trade during the youth league because of their less than spectacular postseasons? Let's see if they were are fully healthy. I mean, I, I think right now those are two pieces that I'd say Arvidsson's more on the midseason trade block than the offseason one right now because they, he might have a little more value because his value will continue to fall because he's kind of falling off the face of the earth right now. Did you change tune on that? Because I think before you were RV in the offseason. I th- I was, but then it's you're continuing to see this. Ellis is still, for me, an offseason trade piece. With his injury now, he's 100% an offseason trade piece. 100%. Matthias Eckholm, I think, is a midseason trade piece. But it's one of those things, too, in a rebuild, you're going to have to keep some players, but I don't think either one of those are absolutely critical to keeping them, uh, especially because we, we've seen, too, what Roman Yossi is capable of doing. We've, we've seen Matisse Elko can bring back. Now we're seeing some of the defensive prospects get some playing time. If Ellis can get you a pretty good return, then yeah, you pull the trigger if you're going full rebuild. Uh, same thing with Victor Arvidsson. If you're able to get something out of him because his value has fallen, but I think it's still a pretty decent contract for him of what other teams could absolutely utilize him for, which would be a probably more of a second line winger is what I'm assuming most teams would use him or even maybe a third line winger Mm -hmm. depending on the team which might protect him a little bit more so yeah i I think you still those are two players that absolutely could be on the should be on the trading block and could be pieces but i'm not saying you absolutely must have to trade them i'm saying there are pieces that that you could get some value out of if we're doing that must-haves for me i think ekholm because of what he can bring in return and he has another year left all the one years and then there's even a couple guys maybe have one year left uh obviously but that's what you first start off with in the new evaluate from there yeah, I think like you were talking about, I don't want to hit any of the same points you did. I just want to say that defense is the position you can trade from comfortably. And it's because you have guys like Carrier, Davies. Um, you have Ference coming through the pipeline too, who's extremely interesting to me because he's one of those college guys that I think needs half a season in, in the AHL in order to get accustomed to bigger bodies and then make that jump because he doesn't have that age advantage of being 19-ish, 20-ish. He's a little older because he's an NCAA guy. Um that's why you can trade your Ellis's. You can trade your Ekholms. You can trade from that position in order to get looks at players who should be in the NHL as soon as next year. 
Very fair. Okay. Let's answer this one real quick before we jump on to announcing our giveaway. This one is from Predwin14. How does Poyle still have a job and the E-Rep for Forsberg trade does not give him immunity? He still has a can we uh, you answer say this Pred- one first. can we say Predwin 14's Twitter actual name? <laughs> it is Open Poil Hater. <laughs> there we go. Um, you you go first like, on this one. Yeah, we're gonna lose a listener here. Poil still has a job because ownership. How, gonna... How are we gonna lose a listener? Because I'm gonna say the answer that he doesn't want to hear. He or she doesn't want to hear. Like, there's no way Poil gets fired within the next like. I don't know by the end of the season, it just won't happen because a, that piece by the, or on the athletic and B ownership has so much just, yeah, we're going to stick with Poil kind of thing. And I get like the air ad for Forsberg trade doesn't give him immunity. No trade should ever give a GM full immunity. No. Like, so you're that, not removed from it. Yeah. And especially even if it happens like a year ago, kind of thing, you don't get full immunity for it. Um, if the Colorado Avalanche missed the playoffs, let's say next year and the year after, it won't be because of the Tyson Berry and right. Nazem Kadri trade. Like, or it, people won't fall back on that and be like, immunity. That just won't happen. immunity. Yeah, like Poyle is secure. Poyle's safe. I'd love to be proven wrong because I've openly said that in order for this team to go into the future with the right proper mindset, you have to get away from the let's run it back guy. You right. need, you need to get away from it, and it's not that. I don't think he should get fired. It's that I fully do think he should not have a job, which is awful to say about someone, especially in a pandemic, but he's not the right fit for this team. He was in 2017. He was in 2018. He was in those like glory years. I'm doing air quotes. Um, But like you said, we've been talking about this, the whole podcast so far, we're so far removed from that. Poyle's so far removed from that and he can't move on. It's like we've said in past episodes, can't get over your ex. Poyle can't get over not being able to run it back successfully. Can't do it. So he's just held on to hope. And I'm genuinely worried that uh, there might not be that promised youth movement next year. That he might just go and attempt to run it back one more time. And that's when I would start questioning it. But I, I like my worry is at 10% on that. It's not like anything significant. I, I just don't see it happening in the middle of the season. There still could be that shift that happens in the offseason. But Ownership has pretty much said they have confidence in David Poyle still right now that he's still their guy. And what would change that is the season completely derailing. If you have uh, multiple things go wrong, because right now they can still use excuses of, of injuries or the short season pandemic, all these different things like that. But one of the big things is that the people are looking for a scapegoat right now. And so you see plenty of fire Hines, fire Poyle, fire Hines, fire Poyle. You fire Hines, nothing's going to change with this team right now. The personnel on this team is not going to make it any better. If you have hopes of this team making the playoffs, then I want what you're having for positivity because that's some pretty darn good drugs. Yeah, that's Uh, pretty good drugs if you have hope of this team making the playoffs because mathematically it's getting closer and closer to being impossible right now. Or mathematically it's going to be one of those things that they're going to have to do something that no team ever in NHL history has ever, ever, ever ever done ever ever we're getting to that point but david poyle with the way that this all works he is he has two positions he's the president of hockey operations and the general manager mm-hmm. so there isn't someone else above him and <laughs> if he gets relieved of his gm duties don't go celebrating because he might still have his other position right and you know what a lot of decisions will still go through him and basically your too long didn't listen recap is the ownership loves poyle too much to do anything right now 
And because, too, it's one of those things of who's one who's going to come in. Most right now, they've been breeding, getting his son Brian ready for that mm. position, or Jeff Kelty potentially, or maybe even a Scott Nickel uh, type of thing as well. But this team is not quick to pull a trigger, as we saw. Even Peter Laviolette was probably the quickest they pulled a trigger on this because they saw potential with the team's talent. And even then, no. So, and on the Fire Hines thing, he's under contract. You think this ownership group wants to be paying two coaches to not coach? <laughs> Pay another like, coach. You can you can afford coach? to do that in big markets and even right. medium markets. You can't afford Nashville. to do that in Nashville, but especially in a pandemic where you don't have as much money coming in. So we're no. just not going to see it happening. I don't think anybody's holding on to it because of the ER for Forsberg trade. It's more of a that's just what they're going to have to live with right now. And if any change is going to be made in management and coach, it's going to be in the offseason unless they string together f- six straight losses would be the only thing I see a scapegoat. But then at that time, it, it might just be an assistant coach Man, six straight losses. And a player comes out and says something ridiculous about the room falling apart. That would be the only way it happens. They could lose six straight. And I think job security is still safe all around. That's just how the season has gone so far. There have been no signs pointing to, yeah, there's rumors that this guy's going to get fired or this guy might get promoted within, or there's going to be some reshuffling. And if we haven't heard anything and there hasn't been anything leaked, like there has been for other teams, I just, I don't see it happening. All right. Up next, let's, Go with our, our new giveaway. Sorry, I almost said breakaway. Our next up giveaway here on Locked On Predators. And also, we had a pizza question come in. That's how we'll wrap things up here on Locked On Predators. He's my best. I'm Justin Bradford. If you're looking to gamble and make those futures bets that we were talking about earlier in the show, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over. I got to stop saying that. But the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Baseball's coming up. Look, new segment or new part of this ad. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. They didn't cover the royal family interview, which would have been kind of fun to bet on. Um, Real time updated odds and props, and almost anything you can imagine. Yes, including the Calder. Bet Online has you covered for all the new scores and odds. Best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. All that is great, but really, they are going to give you free money if you log or if you sign up with promo code locked on, that's L O C K E D O N, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you put in 50 bucks, you get 25. Put in 100, you get 50. Math, just keep doing that, and you will figure out how much money you will get for free in your account to gamble on. Uh, be safe with your money, be smart with your money. If you ever have any questions on gambling, what terms mean, uh, tweet at Justin B. Bradford and use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, at betoutline.ag. At best of Matt. And welcome back to the Lockdown Predators podcast. I see Matt's still not done with the bleach. Uh, Justin Bradford. I need your help. Matt Be- oh, uh, that's what you get. You open that door. I, I know. Hey, you should get a roommate to do it, Matt. I don't I don't like what you're saying. Do you want me to put a bat in my ass? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Either a bat, a parent or a dog. I'm not, all of them. I'm not putting anything in my ass. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you can. I don't want to talk about ass play on this podcast. This is lo- you took it there. I was making you like- told me to put something up there and get some help. No, 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 How no, no, many no. times on this podcast in the history of this show have I ever told you to shove something up your pooper? I'm trying to think. Zero. <laughs> Oh, okay. Zero. I was just thinking just because in the situation you're in right now in an in, intermediary, in you're with your parents. And I can only imagine you going up to your parents saying, hey, can you bleach this? Anyways, we have a giveaway. 
You're twisted. You, you, you took it to the bat area. You took it to get help for putting stuff in there. Yeah, of course I did. Man, good thing we have eased into these conversations over time. <laughs> East. Could right. you imagine? Hey, welcome to Lockdown Predators. This is but, the new co-host of uh, Lockdown Predators. Today. Oh, I don't know if people listen to us. I love it though. I love everyone. All right, folks, we have a brand new giveaway. So again, congratulations to Break Sulcer for winning the, the first giveaway, a Predators jersey, a Magic Chain bobblehead, and a Predators scarf. All right, so we have another giveaway, and this one's two bobbleheads and a hat. Really good for a Predators fan that also follows prospects with Milwaukee Admirals because they'll appreciate this. First one is a Yusasaros bobblehead. Nice. Right there. And brand new in box, just so people know, we have a brand new one in box. It's just the one that's out of the box. And the hero of the Stanley Cup final, Frederick Gaudreau. This is oh, a nice. One. That's, that's a fun one to have. That's a fun one. Just a celebration right there. And just for proof of purpose, purposes, the box, the Freddie Gaudreau box that it will come in. Again, those are mine. And you have brand new ones in the box. And then just a nice Predators hat. Oh, I like that hat. It's a nice Predators hat. I love hats. And then with the nice guitar pick logo on the back. What's on the back? Like, what kind of hat is it? It's a Velcro. Okay. I mean, it's still a nice hat. It'll, it'll fit big heads. So the key word, Matt, what is the key word that people can use to get extra entries? And how many entries do they get and, for the keyword? Uh, the keyword is draft, not the fun keyword I had pre-show that you won't let me do. Um, yeah. Uh, and we said 50 entries, right? I thought it was 20. Oh. How would we meet in the middle and do 35? 35 entries? I mean, to make sure that loyal fans get it. That's very true. That's very true. So 35 entries. You use the keyword, you get 35 entries. But for just following us on Twitter, you don't get hardly any sub- entries on that. You get a few more when you subscribe. When you use that keyword, draft, Yeah, you're going to get a ton of entries and really boost your chances to win this. Yeah, so D-R-A-F-T is what you need to punch in on the Gleam uh, links. And uh, if you retweet our giveaways, I'll give you a nice ha- high five. Oh, I almost said something way different. Yeah, yeah, you did. I could see that, Roman Yossi. So I'm make sure the, the link, that out the for, link for the giveaway link for the giveaway will be on our pin post on Twitter. So LO underscore predators. That's where you find the link to it. Remember, when you subscribe to the podcast on Google or Apple or Spotify or, or you follow us on Twitter and use the keyword, you're going to get a lot of entries. So make sure you do that. Okay. We have one more question we have to get to. Before we... I love this question so much. This one comes from Kat. She's our favorite. How much pizza, let's say it's your favorite type of pizza, could you eat in five hours? Let's also say you haven't eaten all day to prepare and you get as much water as you need. Okay. First of all, hit me with your favorite kind of pizza first so I can judge you. My favorite kind of pizza is Detroit style. Can you elaborate, please? Like what's on it? Okay, my favorite pepperoni, the simple pepperoni, but Detroit style is a little bit, it's not thick crust, but it's a deep dish pan type of pizza with a crispy bottom crust, a nice doughy middle loaded with sauce and cheese and is typically rectangular. Okay. I know Pizza just started this, but Jets is the more common one everywhere. Up in Michigan, is which is what I'm used to. Buscemi's is what I love up in Michigan, and they sell it by the slice. Detroit style is just, for me, where it's at because I love that crispy crust, but kind of gooey on the inside with so much sauce and plenty of flavor in that sauce because it all comes down to the meat. It comes down to the sauce and the, and the, and the crust. Wow. Okay. 
We're very opposite. I it comes down to the cheese for me. The cheese has to be good. Okay. What, what what's your pizza then? Um, my for purposes of this, like if I were going to set aside and have to pick a pizza for this, it would be plain Jane pepperoni and just regular sauce, regular crust, just the normal so ass pizza. Yeah, and very normal pizza. From where though? Uh honestly, Domino's here in Canada is not bad at all. Like Ooh, at least the one in my town isn't bad. There's a place that's local to me called Maria's Pizza. If I were okay. to do this here, I would do that. I love Maria's. Uh, sponsor of this podcast. Um, <laughs> so I've actually done this before. <laughs> you you had five hours to eat as much pizza as you could. No, it was how much pizza do you think you could eat? Order said amount of pizza and go to town on it. Oh, you did a challenge. Yeah, this was uh, in. Was in university. Was in college right after university. Broadcasting school. Yeah. Um. So I may or may not have been intoxicated, and hey. I had nothing in my stomach whatsoever. Okay. And we were all sitting around. We're like, let's order some food. I ordered three large pizzas because it was a deal. I ate two and three quarters. Okay. I kept it down for about two hours after, so oh. I can eat two and three quarter large pizzas. Um, it is the most disgusting feat I think I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. My stomach hurts to this day thinking about it because like it's legitimate large pizzas, not Delicio, not DiGiorno, not whatever it is. Right. It's not delivery or I almost did the slogan. <laughs> um, but yeah, two and three quarters. I wanted so bad. I got to the point where I wanted to power through that third or the rest of the third pizza that I was stacking the pizzas on top of each other and eating it sandwich style. Oh, and you were going full like, food challenge. I had okay. like one bite and I almost yacked. Yeah, two and three quarters. How much do you think you could eat? Well, if I'm getting my style, which is very doughy because it's a little bit thicker, it's just mm-hmm. this is just Troy style. I typically am eating four pieces from a square oh in one sitting. Oh, say, I thought you were going to no. say four pizzas. No, no, no. Hold on. Because square comes in number of slices typically. Mm-hmm. So I'm typically eating four. So a lot of times I'll get like the eight slice and have one half for dinner and then the other half for lunch the next day kind of thing. Reheat it in the toaster oven, or air fryer kind of thing. And it's great. So I think in five hours, I could eat a large, which is 24 pieces. Okay. Now, if it's a regular pizza, like you were just called, called Domino's kind of thing. How many do you think you could power through in terms of large pizzas to keep it? How many wheels can you eat? Yeah. In five hours, I could eat three. Oh my God. I mean, I eat a, I eat a, actually, you know what? I eat like a medium and a half by myself sometimes. If I had five hours, I could space it out. Exactly. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Instead of direct consumption as fast as I can. Yeah. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. I, the time it was an hour, then there's no way. Oh, if the time limit was an hour, I'm making that pizza wet. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> and I'm so sorry. You but I'm that. gonna I'm gonna hot dog competition it and make it slimy and put it. Okay, no, I understand your, your strategy. It's all strategy. I've said a few questions. Now I want today. some pizza. Now I want some pizza. Okay, yeah, I'm folks. glad you want pizza, not the other thing we're hinting at. Oh, you're the one that tweeted out a hot dog launcher. <laughs> hey, hey, you leave my hot dog launcher alone. I love <laughs> hot dog launchers. That's one of my favorite things at sporting events. That and the people at ballparks that carry around the hot dog like metal cases and they okay. give you greasy weans. Love okay, it. 
there's a big difference between greasy weens from a big hot dog case and someone literally launching a wiener at your face. It's incredible. Have you never had someone launch a wiener at your face? I'm not even like joking around. Have no, you I've never been people, to a sporting event? I've where had people they throw have, a hot dog at me, but not launch one at me. They're missiles. It's awesome. It's so dangerous. It's incredible. You, you heard it here first, folks. I love wieners launched at me. Matt loves wieners launched at him. No bun needed. Okay. <laughs> you need a bun. You need some ketchup. No mustard. Whoa, no mustard. whoa, what? You can't just drop the bomb as we're about to finish the podcast and say all ketchup, no mustard. Con- you will not convince me that ketchup or that mustard is good. You will also not convince if you like relish, I'm leaving. What is wrong with you? Do you like relish? Hold on. Yes, of on course. The- what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? It's a hot dog. It, yeah, you put the stuff on it the way you like it, and relish yeah, is just I know. And I like relish. disgusting. What are you gonna do? Just have your your hot dog with mac and cheese all the time? No, you clown. You put ketchup on it. Well, yeah. So I'm saying, put your ketchup on it and have your mac and cheese, which I'm not judging by the way. But if you don't appreciate the other toppings that can come out of hot dog, you want a plain Jane with mustard. Ketchup. Mustard is ass. Relish is ass. Put mustard some accentuates on the it. flavor of the hot dog. No, mustard makes you a mustard tiger. It's not no, great. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Uh, I also hate the smell of mustard. I bet you I could outrace you on this based on your relish take. But that's not the take. The take is just ketchup only. No, no, no. It's at a hot at a ballpark. Yeah, it's ketchup only. There's so not what many else do other you enjoy to- on your hot dog, Matt. If I can get the toppings that I like, I like sauteed onions. Like because I'm thinking like a sausage now at a ballpark. But if it's just Talking a regular, a if it's dog. if it's a regular hot dog. Give me ketchup. Just ketchup. That's all I want on it. What do you put ketchup, relish, mustard, and just look like a no. six-year-old eating it? No, you're the six-year-old eating it with, for ketchup only. No, you're the monster putting everything in it and blending it and going, look at the this. The monster? Ooh. How am I a monster? What are you being oh, taught up there? This is how these are 50 minutes long. You're calling me a six-year-old for putting mustard and relish on right. a hot dog? Get the insult right. A six-year-old monster. A six-year-old monster. You call me a six-year-old monster for putting mustard and relish to very normal toppings. Okay, when you put your toppings on, you got the bun, which has a slit on one side, a slit on the other side, and then the ween down the middle. Mm-hmm. Now, I just put ketchup right on the ween, and that's it. Do you separate your toppings, or do you go right all in one? I swizzle the mustard on, and the oh, relish nice. goes in one of the corners. Run of the relish. wedges. Yeah, relish is terrible. You're terrible. I like pickles. That's fine. So would so you, or would you eat a Chicago dog? Dude, I live in Canada. What's a Chicago dog? Oh my God, folks, we are gonna have to educate this mother. We are oh, gonna have to wow. educate him so bad. I knew what I was doing. We are gonna have to educate him so bad. I mean, again, what's a Chicago it, dog? Hit me. No, no, you're gonna do your research. We're gonna talk about this in the next episode. No. no, no, no. We're closing up shop. We are not talking. We're not making this any longer, folks. I have no oh, problem wow. with. I have no problem with ketchup only if that's what you prefer. Our problem is Matt having to take that it is awful to put anything other than ketchup. No, no, no. You can have your fancy dogs. You can put. You attacked no, me. You can no. I attacked mustard and relish because those hey, are which is me. <laughs> yeah, now you're attacking me and saying that I only no. like ketchup only. I like other things on my hot dog. Give me a Coney Island. Give me a chili cheese dog. Give me all of those. Okay. Okay. But like, 
if that's not available, well, and just remember only, what you and if said. The only con- if the only condiments available are ketchup, mustard, and relish, which let's get real, at most places, that's typically the only stuff that's there at that self gross pump it out thing. I'm only pumping ketchup onto my dog. Okay, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. My problem was how you addressed that at the very beginning, which was, and if you like anything else, our friendship's over. Yeah, mustard. No, no, no. It was if you like relish, our friendship's over. Exactly. Mustard, I get. Mustard people like. I just think it's disgusting. You started with the fighting words first. Yeah, because relish is ass. I wonder how many people agree that relish is terrible and how many people actually like it. You're spinning this now because you know you no, want to win. No, if you roll the tape back, if you roll the tape back. We don't I have attacked. tape. This is digital. If you, How old if are you, you, me? If you roll, <laughs> I did say you're 57. Uh, uh, if you roll the podcast back and use that handy dandy reverse tool, rewind tool, whatever. Reverse, reverse. I'm, I'm flustered. You will hear me say that I attacked relish on our friendship and I just don't like mustard. I think mustard's disgusting. But I understand that people like mustard. You called me a six-year-old monster. Hey, you got the insult right. I'm proud of you. You called me a six-year-old monster. Yeah, for... It's the relish. It's just relish. That really... You know what relish is, right? Relish is chopped up pickles. gross pickles and gross sauce. So you like pickles, but you don't like relish. Yeah, because pickles taste incredibly different than relish. Is relish different in Canada? It's sweet and gross. I think relish is different in Canada. It's ter- like we get the same Heinz squeeze bottles of it, and it's awful. Oh, oh! Please don't do relish from a squeeze bottle. Please. I mean, it's the same stuff you get from a ballpark. I'm not. Okay, we're gonna have to take. We're, we have to go. We're gonna have to continue this on the next one because Tweet I need you. To, us. I need you to look at the different relishes that exist because I like a nice dill relish, and what I think all you have up there is the Heinz relish, and that's it. And your entire theory is based. Like the on, gherkin relish, it's sweet and gross. I'm not calling it gross, it has a preference, but I think oh, you've only been exposed to one type of relish your entire life. I think this is another one of those Canadian problems, just like the Reese's peanut butter cups. I don't want to be wrong twice. No, 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 I'm not trying to set you up. I really do think that might be one of the reasons because you've only been seen or had one type of relish. Yeah, because when I go to, like, we have one MLB park in Canada. So when I go to games in the States... I do get hot dogs, whether they're from a concession stand or shot out of a cannon. Right. I get them <laughs> and I just put ketchup on them. The only bad thing about when they get shot at you with, out of a cannon, there's no condiments on it. You got to go oh, yeah, get your own. Okay. Curious to see what people think about it. Again, I'm not tr- I don't want to gatekeep hot dogs for anybody. I just don't want anybody <laughs> to hate someone for what they do put on it, Matthew. That's you my monster. thing. Yeah, call me a monster just because I like certain things. Again, I'm okay with ketchup. Okay I love firing you up dogs. over food. It makes me so happy. I fire you up too, so don't give me that. It's a yeah, I almost stood up. I almost stood up. Exactly. You stood up and pointed. Okay. Thanks you so much for tuning in. Make sure you click the link to enter our contest. We hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs>